I want to welcome all of you into the house of God, the house of blessings. Amen. Amen. And uh, we want to call on God and say, Lord, this morning we need your touch. This is the last week for the month of January, and we need your touch. Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, the Lord said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. So we're asking that, Lord, may your presence go with us. When we have the presence of God, no evil shall befall us. Amen. Yeah. So we want to pray that may the presence of God be with us. In Psalm 26, say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And so we want to ask the Lord, let your presence, let your, whatever touch that you need from God, maybe physical, a physical touch, a financial touch, an emotional touch, but whatever it is, you say, Lord, may you come through for me. In Jesus' name, lift your voice and talk to God right now, everybody. There's a touch. There's a touch of God that you need. There's a certain breakthrough that you need. There's a something that you need for God to do in your life. You want to talk to him right now. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and talk to him right now. In the name of Jesus, talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord, Lord, intervene. God, intervene. We need your touch. Israel was in a situation where Haman wanted to destroy them. But when they prayed, when Queen Esther asked that they should fast and pray, and they prayed, God came through for them. Tell the Lord, Lord, may you come through for me. Come through for me. Come through for me. Come through for me. In the name of Jesus. Come through for me. Let me hear you, O God. Let me feel you, O God. Let me experience your touch, O God. Yes. Regarding my business, regarding my family, regarding my marriage. Lord, I need your touch. I need your touch. We need your touch, O Lord. We need your touch, O Lord. I need your touch. I need your touch, O Lord. Talk to God, Lord, I need your touch. Yes. Maybe some money that is owed you. Some money that must come to you. You need a touch of God for that money to come through. Maybe you are also owing. You need a touch of the Lord. You need a touch of the Lord. Say, let us hand come through for me. The God of salvation. The God of deliverance. The God of breakthrough. The God of favor. The God who is a lifter up of our head. Hey, mama rasi kebarababasa. Imobori arasi namaruanaika karaba. Kebarababa. Maybe regarding your children, their education. He said, Lord, I need your touch. Maybe regarding a decision, a decision about your life. Say, Lord, I need your touch. I need your touch. I need your touch, oh Lord. Once again, once again, once again. Once again. Once again. The blind, the blind man. Needed a touch of the Lord once again. He said, initially I see men like trees. I see men like trees. But the Lord touched him and was able to see with clarity. We want to thank you. We want to praise your name. Oh, we bless your holy name. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. 
May we all lift our hands unto him. Say, Lord, I receive from your presence. I receive from your power. I receive from your grace. Oh, touch me now. Touch me now. Touch me not. Pass me not, oh gentle Savior. shall come. We thank you that as you have heard us, this is the confidence that we have in you. That if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if you hear us, then we know that we have the petitions. Thank you for answering prayer in Jesus' precious name. And everybody say a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You want to get hold of your Bible and say, this is my Bible. It contains the word of God. I am what he says I am. I can do what he says he can do. I'm about to receive the rich unfailing and grafted word of God, which is able to save my soul and give me an inheritance. My life will never be the same. Never, never the same. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Can you take your seat? We are getting to the third week of our fasting and prayer. One day, 
there was a situation that the disciples of Jesus were confronted with. And after Jesus had solved the problem, his disciples were amazed and said, how come that we couldn't get this thing done? Then he said, this, this one goeth not, but by fasting and by prayer. This one goeth not. Someone said, this one goeth not, but by fasting and by prayer. So some things don't go away just by wishing them away, desiring that they'll, they'll go away. It is by fasting and by prayer, by talking to God consistently. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 9, ask and it shall be given you. Hallelujah. So it means that it, where there's no asking, there's no giving to you. Seek and you shall find. And we oftentimes seek the Lord in fasting. Amen. In fasting, as you are fasting, you are separating yourself from all other things to get connected to God. And the Bible says, when you seek, you shall find. Knock. Amplify whatever you are doing. That means that don't, don't stop doing whatever you are doing. Keep doing it. Keep asking. And so the verse 8 says that for everyone that asks, receives. That's the good news. Amen? So every one of us, we can ask and whatever we desire, we will receive. And he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks, it shall be opened. And verse 9, what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him stone? Our God never gives stone for bread. Or he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? God will not give you demons. Amen? Amen. And so, as a matter of fact, God is not a giver of demons. Amen. Amen. And verse 11 says, If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. It means that our God is a giver of good gifts. Amen. And Psalm 84 verse 11 says that the Lord God is a son and a shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who work upright. So good things are coming to you. Amen. I said good things are locating you. Amen. This month, receive good things. And glorious things. Amen. Now, when we pray, what is it that happens? Remember that prayer. Now, last week we also mentioned that as we're praying, God will hear us. Eh? And I want us to look at the first uh, promises, uh, the first of the four promises that Jesus gave us in John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, which everybody must know in this church. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Isn't it a blessing? Okay, now, prayer gets us into God's presence. You see, to pray means to beseech, to ask for something. And if you're going to ask something from somebody, you've got to get into the presence of the person. Amen? And so every time you are praying, you, are know, you know that it, you are being given the opportunity to get into the presence of the most important personality in the universe, and that is the most high God. And he himself has given us a request, an invitation. You know, not many people get invitation from very important people. You may not be, you, you probably might not have been invited 
for the presidential inauguration. He didn't attend President Akufuado's inauguration, neither Joe Biden's inauguration. But you have an invitation from the Most High God. Who says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will hear you. Sometimes you are calling on somebody and the person refuses to hear you. The person refuses to respond. You call somebody on the phone and the person may see it and not respond to you. But as for our God, he has given us a good assurance that when you call unto me, I will hear you and I will answer. And not only will I answer, I will show, I will demonstrate, I will exhibit unto you great and mighty things. It means that every time that we pray, great and mighty things are shown unto us. And this man, may the Lord show you great and mighty things. As we get into the last week of our fasting and prayer, may you experience great and mighty things. The Lord himself again tells us in Isaiah 1.18, he said, come now and let's reason together. So it means that he's actually calling you. There's a convocation, you know, regarding, you know, discussing things together. Come now, let's reason together. And he says, even when your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And if they be like uh, crimson, they shall be as wool. What a, what a blessing. So when you go before somebody, like I said, and you seek his audience, you are in the presence of the person. And what happens is that the presence of an entity generates certain things for you. When you are in the presence of something, is that right? The presence of pepper in your mouth or on your skin will burn you. Is that right? Good. The presence of certain music will let you be excited. The presence of a snake will get you to be frightened. Is that not it? Yeah. And the presence of dollars and CDs given to you will make you very happy. The presence of a, a beloved eh, will cause sparks to come out of your eyes and put steps within your steps. So the presence of something or somebody does something to you. In the same way to the presence of God does something for you. So we are going to look at the benefits of having the presence of God. And the presence of God comes primarily through our interaction with him. Our prayer. Amen. Are you following me so far? Okay. So let's look at some of the benefits of the presence of God. Number one, the presence of God brings or gives rest, all-round rest. Someone say all-round rest. Someone say rest. Yeah. Rest is talking about relaxation. It means that the presence of God causes you to relax. You know? Sometimes you see a, a, a father is there and he doesn't know how to go around the kitchen or, you know, the kids can be there. And many men are not as multitasking like the women. Women can do a lot of things. So the moment mom comes around, she says, now the, mom, the daddy gets relaxed. He says, oh, peace has come. Amen. Somebody who can handle all these things, he's around. So when you get in the presence of God, there is a relaxation. You get into rest from your harassments, from your agitations, 
And the Bible says in Exodus 33, verse 14 to 16, let's quickly do that. We have got a lot of scriptures to look at today. Exodus 33, 14 to 16. He said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give you rest. Amen. So God's presence gives us rest. And rest is talking about what? Relaxation. It's talking about peace. It's, not talk, it's talking about not fretting. Is that right? Not worrying. Hallelujah. And let's keep on reading. In the verse 15, he says that if thy presence go not with me, then carry us not here. Why? Because I'm not going to have rest. I'll be harassed. For wherein shall it be known here that I and your people have found grace in your sight? Is it not in that you go with us, so shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? So what is it that makes us distinct? It is the presence of the Lord. So may you have the presence of God. And that presence of God comes upon you as you pray. So every time that you pray, you get into God's presence. And because you have got into God's presence, you become relaxed. And the scripture to back that is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says that, be careful or be anxious or be worried for nothing. Don't you? Tell somebody, be anxious about nothing. When he said be careful for nothing, he's not trying to say that don't just be, don't be careful. It's, a, it's an old English, you know, statement, Shakespearean language. Maybe let's get into the New King James so you can get it back. Be anxious for nothing. Well, that means that be worried about nothing, but in everything, be in what? Everything by prayer and supplication. Everything by prayer, nothing without prayer. Your business by prayer, marrying by prayer, having children by prayer, learning by prayer. Don't get up and say, I'm just going to learn. Pray, God, as I'm going to learn, what I'm going to read, give me insight, give me understanding, retentive memory. And if you're a student, Give me areas of concentration as well. An ability to recall and to write according to the marking scheme. Yeah, if you write, no matter how much you write, if you write outside of the marking scheme, you'll get nowhere. Amen. So I'm sure you have to pray some prayers for the students. So he said, be anxious for nothing. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto the president. Let your request be made known unto... God. And when you do that, the peace of God, the shalom of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This is where the rest comes in. So what he's trying to say is that you are casting your burdens on him. That's what Peter said. I believe First Peter 5, 7. Yeah? Casting all your burdens upon him, for he cares for you. Yeah? Cast all your burdens yeah, upon him. May you cast all your burdens upon him. Mm, Casting your burdens unto Jesus, for he cares for you. Hallelujah. Okay. So, don't go around without the presence of God. That's why you do not step outside without praying. Because you need God's presence to help you. To give you rest in the car. Else the car will trouble you. Give you rest at your office. Give you rest on the street. Give you rest in the school. Wherever you pass, you need rest. 
Can I have an amen? Number two, the presence of, God, of, of the Lord brings refreshing. Somebody say refreshing. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 brings refreshing. Please write these things. It will help you. One day your children will ask you some questions. You need to make reference. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing. So I say times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So times of refreshing, where do they come from? Do they come from drinking aquatashi? Times of refreshing, do they come from going to the pub? Times of refreshing, where do they come from? From having 10 boyfriends? Being a slave queen? Times of refreshing, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. So when you get into the presence of the Lord, you become refreshed. Amen. Amen. And when you go somewhere and somebody gives you some, some donuts or some cool drink and go, you get refreshed. Is that not it? Sometimes you are very hungry and then you get some place. Somebody says, oh, I've got, some, I've got some, you know, some rice for you, some chicken, some, you know, some bangkun, some whatever. And all the, when you eat, you feel refreshed. So the presence of God brings refreshment onto your soul and causes you to relax. May you receive refreshments. I said, may you become refreshed. So anytime you get in the presence of God and you are praying, your life becomes refreshed. Refreshed. That means that your freshness comes again. Re means again. Re, again. Fresh. And your, your life must always be made fresh. But you realize that because we are human, eh, our energy goes down. Our strength goes down. And so you always need refreshing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, even, listen, anybody in the flesh needs refreshing. That's why even when God came into the flesh, Jesus, every morning, Bible says he wake up, he had a custom of waking up early in the morning and separating himself to be with the Father so that the presence of the Father, being the presence of the Father, will get him to become refreshed. Amen. Amen. Teachers will tell you that after they've taught, by the close of the day, they feel spent. So they, they need to go and eat something, refresh themselves. That's why they are, they are breaks. Even for stu uh, students, they are break, break for refreshments. So when you keep giving out and giving out and giving out, you need refreshment. You need to be made fresh. And that is why and your freshness comes from the presence of God. So this morning like this, as you are, you are here, you are being refreshed. Because throughout the week, maybe you have gone through all kinds of things. A lot of insults. You've had all kinds of things that have discouraged you. You are wondering, Lord, what's going to happen? What is happening in our world? Hmm? Pastor Fred just mentioned the previous week, the numbers of the COVID and Within a week, the numbers have more than doubled. And the devil will just be bombarding your mind with all kinds of things. But when you get into the presence of God, a message of hope is preached to you. That the Lord says, Lo, I am with you always. That means every way. I'm your covering. I'm the lifter up of your head. 
and that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up in judgment you shall condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So that you realize that you are refreshed. Can I have an amen? So, anytime you feel refreshed, it is because of the presence of the Lord. Anytime you are stale and unable to walk in newness, then it shows that you have strayed away. You see, if you have realized, when you don't pray, eh, you say you, there's, some, there's some emptiness. Do, do you feel that sometimes? If you don't feel that, then it means there's a problem. If you haven't prayed, you are there. If you are, you are the type who is used to prayer and reading of your word, and you, you haven't prayed up to 9 o'clock, you haven't prayed 10, 12, then something should be doing you. It's like those who are used to eating very early in the morning. You know, some people, they break their fast by 6.30. So if, by, if for any reason's sake, by 9 o'clock they haven't eaten, then it's like something is happening to them. Yes. And the same way too, if you don't, if you don't pray, hmm, you feel that something is not quite right. And if you don't study the word of God, something is not quite right. If you're also the type who is used to be in the presence of God, fellowship, and, and you don't attend one church service, two, you, you must be worried. So if you keep staying at home, and you feel so relaxed and so happy, then there's a sickness. Oh, yes. Yeah. When you miss church to the extent that you don't miss church. Yes. When you keep missing church to the extent that you don't now miss it, then there's a problem. Are you getting me? Yeah. You see, children, for instance, when their parents travel so often, it gets to a time that when they even travel, they don't miss them again because they become used to it. But you, you should always miss God. And you should always want to be in the presence of God. And the presence of God will cause you to become refreshed. Refreshed means that you become re-strengthened. May you become re-strengthened. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, may you become re-strengthened as you get into the presence of God. So as you are worshiping God, you are, we are listening to the word of God. We are giving offering. You are fellowshipping with one another. You are being refreshed. Number three, joy comes to you through the presence of the Lord. So joy. So the third thing is joy. So the first thing is what? Rest. Number two is refreshing. And number three is joy. Psalms 16, verse 11. Psalms 16, verse 11. Thou shalt also show me, or thou will show me, the path of life. And what is the path of life? Then, the, if it is the King James, there's a column. That is to say, in thy presence is the fullness of joy. At their right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen. 
in thy presence as fullness of joy. When children see their parents, especially babies, they are joyful. Yeah, they are joyful. When they see mom, they see dad, they are joyful. So the presence of God also gives rise to joy. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, Nehemiah 8, 10, Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength. So if you want to get strength, then get the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord comes by being in the presence of God. Amen. So sometimes you feel weak, you feel agitated, you feel disturbed. But as you get into prayer and in worship, you see that some, that some, the joy of the Lord comes into, uh, unto you and you become strengthened to be able to overcome whatever is the situation. May you become an overcomer. I said, may you be an overcomer. Hallelujah. There are many people who are trying to take antidepressants and things. You, that's not what you need. What you need is salaba shoka baraba. Dibre kata seri andalaba seyaba. Didi badari adata sarebadali ata. Nima da story andasababa. Lemoko sarabaseka. Meka bretese teribafa bretes indeliklasia. Nini mihata teribetese teribarendia. Kara, listen, there's no way you speak in tongues for one hour and after that you'll be depressed. No, you will not. You have prayed and you have sung praises unto God. There'll be a spiritual earthquake. <laughs> yes. Yes. When you wake up, sometimes, listen, decide to walk alone. No, it's not because you want to be isolated, but we want to be alone with God. And it is when you are alone with God, that is when God is actually going to speak to you and going to minister to you. Can I have an amen? amen. Take that, 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 that thing, that, that point, because uh, I, I, will, I, will, I will raise it up again. Amen. So that takes us actually to our fourth point. That direction for your life comes from the presence of the Lord. Direction. God will speak to you. Direction. Direction. Mm. Mm. Direction. Mm. Psalm 17, verse 1 and 2. Then write Psalm 25, verse 12 to 14. Then I'll add the others. Direction. Do you want, the, the, do you want direction? God is all-knowing. God knows things Better than your parents know. Than your friends know. So if you want real direction from your life, it comes from God. Sometimes somebody even can say, I see something about you, but his interpretation about it may be wrong. And so it is up to you yourself to get close to God. And when you get close to God, God will speak to you about your life. But because you don't have time to go into his presence, that's why you are not hearing from him. He says that hear a just cause. I think it would be good for us to read together. One, two. Hear a just you know, you know, you know. I, I want everybody to read. You see, got different ways of learning. We learn by the ear gates by hearing, by the eye gate by reading. Is that right? By seeing, by the hand gate by touching. That's why parents will teach you take this, 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 this. And then also by the mouth gates. By speaking, by interaction, by declaring. That's why, you know, preschool teachers would teach the children, A na neba A, B na neba B. 
They don't. So when they say they are no way, they are just trying to teach the child through what we call the mouth gates, so that they will say things. And as to say it, all of them are coordinated to the brain, you know, for proper interpretation. So when you come and we say, shall we say this? It is meant for our good. We are not treating you like you are children. A method of learning. So let's read together. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. Amen. So your prayer should not be what? Deceitful. Verse 2. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let your eyes look on the things that are up. Now, do the uh, King James verse 2. Let my sentence, some say, let my sentence. Let my sentence come from thy presence. The word sentence there is talking about direction. Amen. So, our direction comes from who? From the presence of God. Hallelujah. Let thy direction. If so, if you want direction, you see, when he said, let your sentence, in the morning, doesn't your parent tell you, get up, brush your teeth. It's a sentence. You've been sentenced to brush your teeth. Yeah? You are supposed to sweep the corridor. That's your sentence. The direction. Is that not it? Teachers will say, when you come to school, wear this. That's your sentence. But this time, you must be seated. That's your sentence. So that's your direction. So when he said, let my sentence come from thee, what he's saying is that, let my direction come from thee. So our direction comes from God. So when you pray and you get in the presence of God, you receive sentencing. You receive direction. You receive instructions. He shows you what to do. Amen. This week, may the Lord show you what to do. Yeah. And when you read Psalm 25, verse 12 to 14, it's going to show you. Direction from your life comes from God. You see, when you are in the presence of a great person, as he's speaking, he, he, tells, he tells you deep things, secret things. Is that right? And the time you hear secrets is the time, most, most of the time, when you are alone with the person. Amen. Alone with the person. Most people will not share secrets with you in public. But when you are alone, maybe a few, two or three of you are there alone, or you are just alone with the person, then the person will share certain things which he may not have told the public. And if there are certain things regarding your life, I will not share it publicly. Because maybe somebody else will be jealous about it. And somebody will fight you about it. And maybe if I've got something special to give to you, I may not give it to you publicly, you know, so that right after somebody will come and say, I saw that daddy gave you this, so bring my boy. If I want you to enjoy it all by yourself. So the point I'm making is that your private time with God, God speaks to you specially. Thank God for, for family devotions and praying in church. But if you really, really, really want to hear from God, learn to spend time alone with God. And when you spend time alone with God, he's going to minister to you. You see, when 
Jacob was on his way, and uh, is it Genesis 32, 24? So, um, Bible says that, and Jacob was alone with God. That was when, yes, yeah, write it, Genesis 32, 24. The Holy Spirit has an amazing way of uh, blessing us. Amen. He says that Jacob was left, was left alone and the man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Then, continue for me, sir. And when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of his hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob wrestled with God when he was alone. That was when God spoke blessings over his life. He gave him a certain kind of direction. There are times that when you are even in public, there are some prayers you can pray. So when we are praying, and especially deep prayers, you have to be alone. That's why Jesus said, when that prayers get into your closets, closets, that means be alone with him. Then you can pour your heart onto him. Can I have an amen? So, go, directions for your life comes by being in the presence of God. Psalm 25, verse 12 to 14. Let's quickly look at that. Psalm 25. Let's read together. One, two. Who is a man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he, he chooses or he shall choose. The King James. I like the pure King James. King James, what man is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. So it means that God teaches you the way you shall choose. Your sentencing comes from him. Direction. Yeah. So you can see. You can see somebody with all kinds of features. God said, don't choose this one, choose this one. There, there are two jobs or three jobs. This one pays more. God said, choose the one probably with rather the lower paying one. Out of that, you, you learn some things and you become better. Are you getting me? Yeah. Him shall he choose. Him shall he choose. Teach the way he shall choose. So you need to pray for God's direction to help you even to make a choice. Other than that, you make a mistake. When Lot was supposed to choose, he looked at the land of Zohar. The land that looked fertile. The mistake he made was that the older person should choose first. But because of just Wanting to have more. He was rushing. Yeah. And he chose. And he chose the land towards Sodom and Gomorrah. It was only God who saved him. Through the covenant relationship with Abraham. Are you getting me? Yes, so pray the Lord. These two guys have come. Three guys. Show me the way I should choose. There's opportunity for me to live in Europe or America, should I go or not? That's one thing that made David 
a man after God's own heart. David always inquired of the Lord. Bible says, inquired of the Lord. You see, the fathers of old knew how to inquire of the Lord. Most men and women of young people of today, they just see the guy is six foot five. Who, hallelujah. He has a chest of a Hercules. Ooh, glory to God. He's a slave queen. She's got hips, 92. Woo! Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hips, 92. Yes. Yeah. I hear this day the young guys like big hips. Is it true? You don't know. It's not true. Uh, but you go and choose something that you regret. You may be choosing a snake. Are you getting me? Yeah. You may be choosing something. So he's the one who teaches us the way we should choose. <laughs> Hallelujah. I always say that if I were not to be a pastor and I'm even to choose a church, I would just go and rush and listen. When you go to a place the first time, everything is easy. You may be, the third day, they are, they'll, be, they'll be just giving you toughest. Sometimes when you are with your father, you think your father is bad, but your uncle is better. Because when you go to uncle's house, they'll be giving you ice cream and chocolates. And because you are not living with them, you will not be scrabby. But start living with them. Then you get to know that, oh, not knowing my daddy was a good dad. And my mom is a good mom. Are you getting me? So I said, I always want to sit at the back, observe everything, watch the temperament of the past, everything, the spirituality, the many things. Get way a lot of things before I make a decision. The Lord teach me the way I should choose. Yes. Because you can, it's, it's very easy to be deceived. You can be deceived. You can easily be deceived. And all that glitters is no gold. Yes. And that's the reason why in Acts chapter 16 verse 18, when that girl with the spirit of divination was following Paul, whatever she was saying was right. But Paul discerned that what was being said was wrong. And that's why he got agitated in the spirit and said, out. So not every exciting thing is of God. You can be deceived. Amen. Amen. Not every a woman cooking some nice thing. <laughs> there's hook in it. In Kobashim. In Kobashim, there's hook in it. You eat it, you will never be the same again. You will say, I will never be the same again. I will never return. You will never return. Close the door. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Listen. When anybody gives you anything to eat and you don't, you feel like there's a restraint not to eat, don't eat it. You will not die if you don't eat. Throw it away or give it to somebody else. Amen. Yeah. There's no time to give you a testimony about that, but I'll tell you. Yes. Yes. Many years ago, before I got married, as a young person, 
around my birthday time, spraying and all night. And I saw this lady came with, you know, fancy boys. You like cake. You know me, I adore. Cake and malt and things like that. And usually you'll be excited. But when this person brought the cake and the, I, all of us, I felt some heaviness in my heart. And agitation. Mm, 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 mm. My mind was saying, mm, after the all night, it will be nice to drink and eat the cake. But my spirit man said, no. And the interesting thing is that the person also bought me. I didn't know how the person got to know that I even needed bear sheets. Young university graduate. And my exact colors are light. Yes. But I made sure that those things never even landed in my house. Because I knew there would be point of contact. And I got rid of them. And don't joke and don't say, how spiritual, I'll prove it. You prove it and see. And wait. No, no, you prove it. That's something you don't. There are places you don't put your head there. You have to learn to be spiritual. May the Lord show you his sentences. Amen. Amen. Let's finish at Psalm 25 verse 12. Verse 13 and 14. Let's do that quickly and then. Oh my, I'm left with some two means. His soul shall dwell at ease. You see, when the Lord teaches, he, he chooses you, he shows you the way you should choose, your soul will dwell at what ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. Verse 14. The secret, everybody read with me. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him or reverence him. And he will show them his covenant. So God has a secret. He will show you the work to do. He will show you where to pass. Can I have an amen? Number, f- number five. You have good thoughts in the presence of God. Good thoughts. Titus 1.15 says, To the pure all things are what? Pure. Psalm 48 verse 9. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God. In the midst of thy temple, we have what? Thought of your loving kindness, O God. In the midst of thy temple. In the midst of the temple is what? The presence of God. So in the presence of God, we've got what? Good thoughts. So when you are in God's presence, it, makes, it helps you to think good. It helps you to be able to get your mind right that God is a gracious God. God will save me out of this kind of situation. Amen. God will save me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You see, so when in your, in your difficult moment, all these scriptures will well up within your spirit, man. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. God will let me lie down in green pastures. Amen. Psalm 23. Eh? He restored what? My soul. May the Lord restore your soul. Say, yeah, God, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. So when you are going through the valley of the shadow of death and the devil will tell you that you are going to finish, he said, no, this good word will come to you. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Many years ago, I was somewhere in that front place. And as we were going, I didn't know that I was quicksand somewhere. And I stepped in the mud, and then I was being swallowed up. I was actually being swallowed up to my chest. And I was going. And this scripture started welling within my spirit, man. And as I, somebody threw a plank of wood, I held on to it. And uh, by the scriptures, I came out. Yes, by the scriptures. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. The moment you go, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You see, last Friday, I was sharing something and I said that 
what you see, eh? what you see and you say is what will be said of you. That's what you get. So what you see and you say is what will be actualized in your life. So it's important to see the word of God and to say the word of God. But it is only in the presence of God. When you are not in the presence of God, bad thoughts come unto you. Yes. You see, every time bad thoughts are coming to your mind regarding this, regarding this person, regarding that, check it. You see that you and God, you are far away from each other. When you are in the presence of God, you begin to love people, you begin to take care of people. Even when certain things come up, you give excuses and say, what, how best can I solve it? How can I do it? When you say that, oh, go and do it, go and solve them. When you say, don't mind them, you are not in the presence of God. You are not in the presence of God. Amen. Because when you are in the presence of God, it will teach you to honor your father and mother. All of a sudden, when you want to be insolent towards your father and mother, and listen, there are times what you want to do may look good, but it may, it may not be godly. It may be right, but it is not righteous. Yes. You may be right. My dad didn't take care of me. My mommy did this. My pastor did this. So I'm also going to do this. You may be right. But you are not righteous. What you are doing may not be righteous. What you are doing may be good, but it may not be godly. Amen. Amen. So he chooses. He is the one. So in the presence of God, he causes you to do the right things. Amen. Right thoughts. Don't say right thoughts. Yeah. Right thoughts will come to your mind. Jeremiah 29, 11 will come into your mind. I know the plans I have for you. Plans of good and not of evil. To give unto you a future and a hope. And to bring you to an expected end. Jeremiah 32, verse 27 will come into your heart. That word. You know, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for you to do? For me to do? Those thoughts will come into your mind. Number six. Your enemy is destroyed by the presence of God. Hey, any time that you have enemies, take them to the presence of God. You see, when somebody is chasing you, when we're young and people are chasing us, what do we, what do, we do? We run to where our, our parents are. And when, when dad stands, eh? come, come. Eh? When, when, when his son is chasing him, somebody is chasing his son, eh? and his son gets close to him, don't you think the son will feel confident that my daddy is the biggest man yeah, macho. I, I say his name. My daddy is the biggest man. My, my daddy can beat all men. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> and truly, too, if somebody wants to come and beat his child, when he gets there, say, What do you mean? Flex your muscles more. Flex. Flex. <laughs> Say, what do you mean? Eh? Yes. You see, when Cobra is about to attack, you see the way it opens like this and like that. Uh -huh. And that's what God does for you. Amen. Your enemy is destroyed in the presence of God. Thank you, sir. Amen. So, Psalm 9, verse 2 to 4. Let's quickly look at that. Psalm 9, verse 2 to 4. Oh, glory to God. I said, glory to God. Psalm 9, verse 2 to 4. He said, I will be glad. Let's read together. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. 
when my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. My enemies shall what? They shall what? Fall and perish at thy presence. So at the presence of God, your enemies will what? Fall That is why when they took the Ark of the Covenant and placed it before Dagon, the, hmm, the Philistine idol, the following day, it had, it had fallen. They, they lifted it up, it stood again. Then, the next time, the head was cut off. The head of your enemies will be cut off. That means their power shall be broken. You don't have strength to fight your enemies, but take them before the presence of God. Take the issue before the presence of God. Oh, yeah. There are times that people can say things about you. Hey, what me you want? Anything you say, you, nobody believes you. You are already judged in their eyes. You are the bad fellow. You are whatever. And you don't need to waste your time. Don't waste your time to try to vindicate yourself. Just take them before the presence of God. Take your enemies before the prayer. Your enemies will fall. Amen. I said your enemies will fall. Amen. Yeah. Your enemies will fall. David never lost a battle because somebody was always in the presence of God. When you lose battles, it means that you went away. When you are in the presence of God, you will not lose. You will not lose. I said you will not lose. Amen. Nobody will take your husband away. Amen. Nobody will take your wife away. They may try. They may try, but they won't win. They will try, but they won't win. Amen. Amen. People try to take what is yours, but it, it won't, they won't win because of the presence of the Lord. And Psalm 68 verse 1 and 2 says, Let God what? arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. And as wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. So the wicked will perish at the presence of God. As candle melts, so your enemies will be depreciated. As the wind blows away the smoke, anything that irritates you, and any enemy that irritates you, irritates your eyes, they shall be blown away by the wind of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? And during this fasting and prayer time, I tell you, that enemy, that financial enemy shall be blown away. That marital enemy shall be blown away. That business enemy shall be blown away. That even enemy called COVID, they shall be blown away. And that thing that fight you, the Bible says in, 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 in Hosea chapter 9 verse 3, the Lord is a consuming fire. I said the Lord is a consuming fire. And what I call fire? Fire burns things unto ashes. Fire arrests things. And I see the fire of God arresting things. Because God himself, the Bible says, put on the screen there. The Lord is a consuming fire. May the Lord, the presence of God, consume your enemy. Consume anything that is fighting against you. When anybody goes to write any document about you, may it be bent. When they, they meet in conferences against you, may they scatter. Hey, Hebrews 12, 29. For our God is a consuming fire. Amen. And Hosea chapter 9, verse 3. Hosea. Hosea chapter 9, verse 3. Oh, Jesus. Okay, maybe that's not it. Look at 8 for me. It's somewhere in Hosea. Amen. Our God is a consuming fire. Testament, our God is a consuming fire. Amen. You know, the Lord. Eh? Zephaniah 3, 
Zephaniah 3, 17. He said, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Hallelujah. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is what? Mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest. He will rest in his love. Hallelujah. So the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty against every enemy. Look at the verse number 15. Let's read it together. Verse number 15. Verse number 15. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord has cast out what? Your enemy. The king of Israel. Even the Lord is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. <laughs> when the king of Israel is in the midst of thee, that is why all you need is to just make sure that you are in his presence. And as you are in the presence of God, I see God fighting your enemies for you. So let's look at six things the Lord does. There are a lot more, but just for today. Six things. Number one, the benefits of the presence of God. Number one, he'll give you rest. From this week, may you get rest. Anything that is an agitation, may the Lord give you power over it. Because Isaiah 26 verse 3 says that thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee for he trusts in thee. Number two, the presence of God gives you what? Refreshing. brings refreshing. You are refreshed. Hallelujah. May you become refreshed. I said may you become refreshed. That means that you shall not want. That's why the psalmist said, the Lord, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack any good thing. If you are a child of God, you shall not lack any good thing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. May you lie down in green pastures. Eh? And he leadeth me beside what? There's still waters. Ooh, what a blessing. Receive still water blessings. Number three, joy comes to you from the presence of the Lord. So the presence of God brings what? Joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. So you see that when you get the presence of God, you'll be dancing and you'll be jubilating and you'll be clapping. And so, so, Maybe you may not have money in your pocket, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Number four, direction for your life comes from the presence of God. Direction as to who to marry, direction as to your business, direction as to your education, it comes from the presence of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then, so if you want direction, listen to me, if you want direction, eh? These days, many of us Christians, we don't want to spend time to be in the presence of God. So you say, oh, man of God, what is the Lord saying? What is the Lord saying? He could hear what God was saying because he spent time in the presence of God. So why don't you get the original? But you yourself also spend time in the presence of God. Am I teaching you something here? I'm not discounting the importance of anybody's ministry that the Lord will show him something. If the Lord shows something to somebody about your life or whatever, praise the Lord. But even oftentimes, according to the New Testament prophecy, it should be a confirmation regarding what God is already speaking to you. Amen. So if somebody says that this is supposed to be your husband, don't take the person as a husband or your wife. It should be, it should resonate with your spirit as to what God is telling you. So you don't take husband or wife 
or take major decisions regarding your life because of some prophetic utterance. But because God himself has spoken to you and what the person is saying must be in confirmation. That's why sometimes when you speak prophetic words, say, does it resonate something you're spreading? If it doesn't resonate, throw it away. It's rubbish. Because people can also speak presumptuously. And people can misinterpret because they are human beings. Can I have an amen? amen. Yes. You are human beings. Just like a teacher can make mistakes, a surgeon can make mistakes, doctors make mistakes, lawyers make mistakes. Don't you make mistakes, lawyer. Sometimes you are quoting and quoted wrongly. Are you getting me? Yes. So do not put your life in the hands of men. Put your life in the hands of God by knowing God yourself. Maybe you don't know, but I want to announce to you, I'm a prophet of God. Yes. I may not come to you and say, I've seen you wearing green, whatever. But those of you are very sensitive and all those things. And many people, are, when I'm preaching at many places, say you, you preach prophetically. You preach prophetically. I come, as I'm talking, I'm just talking. I can be speaking, you know, in a very casual way to you, but I'm speaking deep things about your life. The Holy Spirit just puts something in my spirit, man. Cha, 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 cha. And I'm speaking. So I am not discounting prophetic ministry. And I go to places and I minister and I, I say, that's here the Lord, this and this. And that's exactly so. But what the point I'm making is that you must be a studious Christian. Yes. Study to show yourself a proof unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Yes. You must know the word of God for yourself. Because the Bible says in the last days, many shall be deceived, including the elect. Many false prophets shall arise. And how will you know a, a, a false prophet from a true prophet? Is it the one who is wearing a horn? They wear nice suits, nice clothings, even fetish priests who are holding Bible. The devil calls Bibles. He calls Bibles. So don't make a mistake. By their fruit, we shall know them. Henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Do spiritual investigation. Listen to your spirit man. Can I have an amen? amen. That's just say the presence of God. The presence of God will teach you things. Spend time. Don't be a lazy Christian. If the man can hear things and see things, you too. Every child has a right to hear from their parents. Yes. Every one of my children come to me. Yes. Whatever they want. They have a right. Yes. By being my children. And if you claim to be a child of God and you can't hear the voice of God, then you better train yourself to hear the voice of God. And training comes by engagement. The more you are with somebody, the more you get to know the person. How do children get to know that this daddy and that is this mommy? Because they, are, they keep hearing. But you can, be, you can be a daddy to somebody when you are not close. The children don't know your voice. Yeah. When the child sees you, he's running away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and a free tip for the, 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 the fathers. Don't only give things to your children. Spend time with them. Change their diapers. Take them to school. Go and pick them from school. Don't leave everything to mommy. Most of the time, the mommies don't give them 
much physically, but they give them their time and their emotions. And by that, they draw the hearts of the children to themselves. So when you say anything, they are thinking about what does mommy say. And they take mommy's word over your word. So spend time with them. Go for work with them. Chat with them. Do homework with them. Spend time with them. Comb their hair. If you can learn how to play tennis, do what be a thing. They'll remember. Oh, no, no. I had a friend in England. He used to be, he was plating the kids' hair. Don't leave everything to the mother. At the age that you can bath them, bath them. And let them know that, I mean, they'll remember that you, you bath them. And when you, when you grow up, they will not forsake you. Because they'll remember what you did for them. Not only pay their school fees. Amen. Yes. It's true. And it's not late. Visit them at school. Visit them at school. Sit with them. Decide to organize a play with them. Just play. Let's play. Play football. I know you don't like it. But just, just for the sake of bonding. <laughs> Amen. Number four. Let's quickly do that. Number four, what? Direction. Amen. You get direction from God. As you are with it. Receive direction. The work you should do. When somebody says, we brought visa, we've done anything. They say, come and live in, come and live in America. Don't just get and say, because we got a, this, you are going to America. Does God want you to go and live in America? You can prosper here better than being in America. Who said there are no poor people in America? There are plenty of people. You must be where you, you must be where God wants you to be. That is where you prosper. Not where you want to be. Where God wants you to be. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes, even where you are, you may be going through some irritations. Are you getting me? Sometimes, even when you're in a church, some things are not going on, there, but God wants you to be there. God wants to teach you something. Yeah, God wants you to mature. God wants to go there. He says, oh, I want to jump. I want to go there. Hey, there's excitement here. There's... No, don't, 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 don't. Don't follow excitement. Follow the mind of God. Hallelujah. Number five. The presence of God brings good thoughts. So every time your thoughts are becoming bad, thoughts of failure, thoughts of shame, they keep on, you better check yourself around to the presence of God. And finally, it brings what? Number six is what? The enemy is what? Destroyed. Liberation from your enemies. The Lord your God in the midst of thee is mighty. And that is why you cannot afford to miss, not, I mean, to miss this week's fasting and prayer. This last week, you want to be around. You want to join the power encounter. Let's be in the presence of God together. And the Lord our God in the midst of us is mighty. He'll give us victory. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And give you a beautiful week. The month made end on a glorious note for you. May God answer all your prayers. May he cause you to skip like a calf let out of the storm. May you rejoice in the Lord your God. May the Lord the way maker make a way for you. May he give you the upper hand in every contest. May you win over your enemies. May the Lord refresh you in his presence. May he give you rest from every agitation. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may joy come unto you. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. May you be directed by the voice of God. May the finger of God, may God put his hand into your hand. Lead you every step the way. 
may you have good thoughts in his presence and whatever is risen against you may God give you the upper hand in blessing the Lord bless you in increasing may he increase you in multiply may he multiply you may he bring salvation unto you may he give you a new song and a testimony in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth may you be healed from every sickness may every affliction seize their power every contending power we overcome it in Jesus name now whatever is yours that the enemy tried to steal we make a declaration that it, it returns to your address in the name of Jesus may all your customers come to you may nobody take over your customers may nobody take over the affection of your husband or your wife or your children in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God may the Lord who is a lifter up of our head may he cause your head to be lifted up may your hand be lifted up in praise may you rejoice in the Lord your God in Jesus precious name everybody say a big amen hallelujah glory to God amen thank you Jesus if you are here and say preacher I want to give my life to Jesus I want him to be the Lord and master of my life I want him to be the king of my life. I want to dedicate this life of mine unto him. I want you to raise your right hand wherever you are so I can pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after that the judgment. If you have never on any day, I'm not saying you don't go to church, you don't love God, you're not a good person, but if on any day I've never given your life to Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, today is a day of salvation. Now is the time to repent tomorrow may never come. And the Lord is knocking at the door of your heart. He says, if anyone shall hear my voice, I'll come in and dine with him. If you want to raise your right hand wherever you are so I can pray with you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's all shoot our right hand high up and say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, on this day, on this day, the 24th of January, the 24th of January, I, I rededicate myself to you. I rededicate myself to you. I declare that my life belongs to you. I declare that my life belongs to you. Take my life and let it be consecrated unto thee. Take my life and let it be consecrated. Take unto my moments and my days. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless Say, praise. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And I want you in my and life. I want you in my life. Direct me. Direct me. Influence me. Influence me. May I experience. May I experience your presence. Your presence. I pray for uncommon favor. I pray for uncommon favor. And unstoppable blessings. And unstoppable blessings. To accompany me. To accompany me. In this journey of life. In this journey of life. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your will. Let your will be manifested. Be manifested. In all departments of my life. In all departments of my life. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.